What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Call Her Holy. My name's Laura Eldridge. And my name is Nicoletta Bradley. And if y'all missed our last episode, we did this thing called a QLU. And we're going to just continue the trend. Laura, tell us what a QLU is. Well, I, I will say I was with some friends the other day and one of the girls looks at someone and says, what's your QLU? And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is fun. <laughs> we're trending. <laughs> oh my gosh. So we're like the, we're the lamest people that we know, aren't we? <laughs> but I kind of like it. So tell us what your quick what's your life quick update life, is. Yes. What's your quick life update? Um, I don't know that I have any. Oh, we announced the gender of our baby. Oh, I feel like that's like the biggest QLU. It is. Possible. actually a big one you okay. forget you know what i mean when someone's like what did you do this weekend you're like uh that was yesterday i have literally no, no clue. clue totally <laughs> um our baby is a girl <laughs> oh my gosh do we have a name yet maybe oh my gosh i'm so excited no, can't wait to share with everyone oh my gosh well she'll be the cutest little thing ever if you see a blonde little bumpkin with a call her holy sweatshirt out in the world that's most likely Laura's child because <laughs> you know I ain't getting pregnant anytime soon. <laughs> hey <laughs> Okay, what's yours? Gosh, man, I'm trying to think. My new You've been update. traveling, literally. Yeah. Like, since we started Call Her Holy, like how many days have you been in Texas? Oh my gosh, zero. Like five I, total. I feel like I moved to Dallas and then I moved away every single weekend. Totally. So I feel like back on the traveling game, I went to Houston last weekend and saw a Texans game. We went to Santa Barbara last week. Who's we? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to do you like that. (laughs) (laughs) We might or might not have a boyfriend. All I got to say is at Nicoletta Bradley, (laughs) you can find some of the dish, but not all of it. (laughs) Go look at pictures. He's super cute. (laughs) Yes. Y'all, last last episode was really fun. And it was really fun, too. We have people like watching stats now. And so it was really Mm. cool to see how many people tuned in. At, by 9 a.m. We're like, yeah. whoa, that's really, really cool. Yeah. We love hearing from you guys. We love connecting with you guys. So thanks for thanks for submitting really cool questions. Mm. It's fun not to just be like, oh, Nico, this is our podcast or this is something that, yeah. like it really does feel like a community and it feels like we're getting to discuss questions that other people have and then like kind of, kind of like, it out from there. yeah. And then especially having a team too. It's just, it's just really fun. It feels like it's not about us. It's about God and it's about totally about people, which I love. Yeah. And if you haven't, didn't check out our last episode, we released one a week ago about singleness and trust me when I say it's not one of those stupid cliche singleness episodes you hear at the church. <laughs> like we've always said, things that we are going to talk about are things that you're not going to hear on a Sunday morning. So go check it out. We promise you it'll be worth it, whether you're single or not, because if you're not single, there's a lot of really cool stuff in there that you could walk alongside single friends in. So check that out. And thank you for all the comments, all the messages that y'all wrote us. We're really thankful. And go review us. Yeah, rate and review. Apple. That helps other people find it. Yeah. So we're still in the series Waiting and Dating. We love it. And okay, this topic, as soon as we saw it, we were like, whoa, yeah. that's it. I think uh, this might be one of my most excited about episodes. Yeah. Okay. This one is called Dating with Wounds. Ooh. I just love that. <laughs> and I think because I don't know of really anyone that has not gone into their next relationship without some sort of wound from their past. Yes. And even if you haven't really dated someone yeah. before, you still have you still have things that yeah. happen in your past. You have insecurities, which we're going to dive into. You have 
Mm. You just have things to work through. If you're a human and you're not stuffing everything totally. under the rug, then there's there's stuff. There's wounds. And that's what we want to tap into today is the wounds that whether you've gained wounds from your past relationship, a friendship just from your past, we want to tap into those and honestly just talk about how even with those wounds, you can walk into the next relationship feeling confident that that does not disqualify you from what's next. So I'm pumped. And so I just say we dive in. What do you think? Let's go. Let's go. All right, let's do it. All right. So one of you lovely humans said, how do I recover from disappointment when I thought my last relationship would be my last? Honestly, that's a really great question because I feel like whoever you are, you've read my mail. Like you are asking something that I would have asked. And I heard this once and it was really pivotal for me. She said, Every disappointment is God's divine appointment. That's good. And I've seen that to be true in my life, honestly, especially now being on this other side, being married, it can be like, well, yeah, Laura, that's worked out great for you. But what about for those of us who are still in the middle of heartbreak thinking like I was going to get married to this guy? And we always think that like I was going to marry him and there's no one else that I wanted. And I would say this, some of the seasons that came from the biggest disappointments for me are some of my favorite seasons looking back. Not because they were fun, but because they shaped me. Yeah. Like the reason I'm sitting here right now, the reason I have maturity, any kind of maturity, if there's any, the reason I have anything to say is because I've been through really, really hard things. I have experienced disappointment. And a lot of disappointments come from unmet expectations. And my expectations were that I would marry the first guy that I dated in the church. Yeah. And then that didn't happen. Yeah. I, you know, so after six years of singleness and in being plugged into the church, watching all my friends get married, I'm disappointed because no one's asked me out. Yeah. And then one of my good friends asking me out, breaking up with me. And then there's that disappointment because, wait, I thought I was going to marry the first guy. And then another guy asked me out. I'm like, okay, it's fine. Then he breaks up with me. And so (laughs) the disappointment of not only did I expect to just be one and done, but I've had multiple guys and multiple heartbreaks and people are watching like they see it, you know? Yeah. So I would just say that every disappointment truly is God's divine appointment. And the reason I'm able to love Colby the way that I am, and it's not all about marriage. The reason I'm honestly able to look at God and say, no, I truly believe that you love me is because in those seasons of disappointments, I said, God, I actually don't believe that anymore. So show me in your word, prove it to me. And I opened up the Bible and I started reading. So every disappointment truly is a divine appointment. Yeah. You know God better because of the seasons of pain. Gosh, I love that. And I love how you touched on that pressure that we feel as Christian women in the church of how often do you walk into a new church, you scope the scene, and then the first guy that is interested in you, your mind immediately goes to marriage. Oh, the first guy that says hi or like looks in your general oh, exactly. direction. You're like, oh, the greeter. He You're loves like, me. Yeah. I will be marrying the greeter. Oh, wait, there's a ring. Never yeah. mind. That awkward <laughs> tension. But like crap. But I just think that I am you're, speaking sorry. from your, your eyes dart there for, you know what I mean? Every time you see a cute guy, you like look down at his left. 100%. <laughs> you're like, is he the one God? You brought me to this church. Is he the one for me? Totally. And we are so pathetic, ladies. Like we, I am speaking from experience that you walk into a new Christian community and you immediately assess who is single and God, who is the one that you have ordained from the beginning of time, as Psalm 139 says. And I just feel like that's hilarious. So I love that you pointed on the fact that, man, 
that's what we do as Christian women. But I love the fact that your story didn't end with, I saw the first guy at the first church I walked into and then we got married. It's like, no, I found that guy six years after being plugged into a church and then I got dumped twice and then found my husband. And you know what? Some people, that will be their story. 100%. And you're going to look at them and be like, I'm so upset that that's not my story. And you're going to be tempted to do that for the rest of your life. Go back and listen to our very first episode on comparison because our stories, our family history, our dating, in marriage, you just do it all the time. You compare, you compare, you compare. The grass is always greener. Stop doing that. Totally. And I think just to kind of throw a bow on this question, honestly, is that if you did listen to our last episode on singleness, I mentioned that I um, called off an engagement Gosh, exactly a year ago, two days ago, which is crazy. Yeah, so 365 days ago, I was engaged. And y'all, when you have a ring on your finger, you truly believe that's your last. Wow. I mean, I had the proposal. We were planning a wedding, all those things. And I think just to encourage you as listeners to recover from that, and I know this is going to be frustrating, is trusting that God knows more than you do and that All I could see was that ring being taken off. But y'all, I can say that the last year has been the best year of my life because I've known my king more intimately. And so while that is not a fix it all, you'll fall more in love with Jesus if it doesn't work out. But truly, like you need to know God's character that that is the best thing that can happen to you. If you know Jesus more from a breakup, then that breakup was worth it because knowing Jesus better is going to be better than the best husband in the game. That's good. That's good. Okay. Someone asked this. Someone said, how can I trust again when I've been so deeply hurt? They also said, how do I stop myself from projecting my insecurities on my next boyfriend? And I feel like you could answer those in two questions, but I'm going to keep them as one because I'd love to hear your thoughts. And I think that is so good. And I think that is a, I feel like that's a common theme of like, man, this happened in my last relationship. How do I not fear that's going to happen again? Whether that, I mean, that could be so many different things, types of trauma, different comments, things that they made you feel, things that they said about your external appearance, things they said about your faith or your family. There are so many things that you could be bringing into your next relationship that created hurt. Not to mention all the things that you had before that just from childhood, you know, or for whatever uh, reason, you know, that you thought, oh, I'm deficient in this or I'm not enough this or blah, blah, blah. Totally. I mean, you're bringing in hurts from when your mom told you a comment in third grade all the way until you're 25 from your last boyfriend. A hundred. So I want you to give yourself grace. But I think my first question would be, since your last relationship, how long did you take to heal? Because y'all, we know those girls and we know those guys that hop. You know what I'm saying? Like they date this girl for six (laughs) months. One month later, there was someone else. There was someone else. And so, yeah, if that is you, you're going to have trust issues if you are continually hopping from one dating relationship. And you're probably burying them, honestly. 100%. So if you're burying hurt and pain, you're not going to be able to trust anyone, honestly. So I think that's my biggest step one encouragement is it is going to take time for your heart to heal in order to trust someone again. And then I think my next thought is just that reminder that you cannot put your past experiences on the next person you date. Mm. It's just not loving. It's absolutely not fair to go, hey, my best friend did this in third grade. Therefore, my next best friend will do this to me again. In the same way, you can't go, my ex 
criticized or told me a lot of comments about my weight, that doesn't mean that the next person you're dating is going to say the same thing unless you're dating the same douchebag over and over again. (laughs) Which happens. Which happens because that's honestly like a safety net because you don't think you deserve better. Mm, Wow, that hits. You know what I'm saying? We need a moment of silence (laughs) for the girls in the back. Who are like, crap, that's me. Yes. And then I think my biggest word of advice, and this is what I saw in uh, recovering from any dating relationship I've ever been in, is bringing the insecurities that come up from a relationship ending to the Lord first before bringing those to the next guy you date. Wow. You know, because my mentor would always say this. She goes, thrown before phone. That's really good. Because you are not, you know what I mean? You never feel great after you process things out loud a million times with all your girlfriends. You still kind of feel empty compared to, hey, God, I'm feeling really worthless right now. I'm feeling really insecure that I didn't say the right things. I'm feeling really insecure about the way that I look. Will you speak your identity into me before I chase after a man to speak identity into me? But I think sometimes we don't do that because it's harder, you know? Because sure. sometimes you're like, well, God doesn't talk back. Well, he does open the Bible. But then you're like, where do I start? And so there's so many answers, which hopefully this podcast will help yeah. with some of that. But it's easier to just hear your friend say, no, you are pretty or whatever. And I think it's harder sometimes to go to God, but putting those insecurities on other people almost makes them like pseudo saviors. Yeah. What I mean by that is like they become your functional God. 100%. As in I'm looking to that person to be something that only God actually can be. And putting that kind of weight on another person is gonna, I mean, it's gonna break the relationship and it's gonna break them. And I think you, I always give this example with girls I train. How many times have you worn a cute outfit or maybe a friend is like, man, you look really pretty today. And that, I mean, that makes you feel pretty good. What, for an hour, two hours? If you're lucky, it gets you to the end of the day. The next day you wake up, you need another compliment. Totally. That you're still pretty and you're still worthy compared to sitting at the feet of your heavenly father, being reminded that you are loved daughter of the king. That is going to sink into a heart level, to be honest, where you don't need to run to your boyfriend and go, do you think I'm pretty? Do you think I'm funny? Do you think I'm worthy? Because you're like, I don't care what you think about me because I know what my heavenly father thinks about me. Yeah. And it's just a game changer. That is really, really good. What about insecurities that weren't necessarily, like you mentioned this a little bit, but like what about insecurities that weren't necessarily part of past relationships? So you mentioned things that like maybe mom said or all of that, but what about things like body image that we all just like real talk, we're all, we're all there to some extent. You know, totally. we all have insecurities. Every single human. You walk into a room and wonder if people like you. You say a joke and you wonder, did that land? Or am I walking away thinking that everyone thinks I'm whatever? All that to say, we all have insecurities. So what about things like body image, comparing yourself to their ex? Totally. Oh my gosh, y'all. First off, don't lurk their ex. If you're in a new (laughs) dating relationship, just pro tip. You'll thank me later. You, whether they are cuter or not, you are going to compare yourself to them. And you are going to feel like crap. You know what I'm saying? You're going to go, oh, their car is wider than my white car. Therefore, I suck. And just don't do it. I would say, honestly, don't lurk their ex. But also, man, I get that. Like, you know, if you've listened to any of the podcasts, I had a really bad eating disorder in my past. And so, y'all, it is so easy to walk into any relationship I've ever been looking for that validation of, man, you're thin. Like, you're beautiful, Nicoletta. And I will tell you, I've gotten compliments from whether that's a peer or someone I've dated. 
and they just don't last. And I think that really does go back to man, sit at the feet of Jesus, whatever your mom said in third grade, whatever that person said in eighth grade, I'll never forget. Side note, I got a message on Facebook in eighth grade. Somebody called me whale. Stop it. Whale. And that was like a big part of my story. But I get to choose if that defines me today. I get to choose if I'm going to chase after the guy date and validation of like, tell me I'm not that. Tell me I'm not that. Or I go, that person was insecure and I was insecure. Therefore, that hurt. But man, God, thank you for redemption. I no longer need to find my identity in that comment. And so I think whatever your mom said, whatever that comment is, whatever that belief is, no, that's just not true. And that you get to move forward, leaving that in the past, looking towards the future and trusting that your identity is not in a specific body type, the comparison factor. And just unfollow her if you follow her, just pro tip. Uh, Amazing thoughts, Nico. That's really, really helpful. I think one last thing on that to remember is that guys have insecurities too. Yeah. If you are in a healthy relationship, there's going to be a safe place to not dump all your insecurities on them, but to open up communication and just say like, I can tell Colby, like, I don't feel pretty today. Mm. And it's not like this, hey, I really just need you to validate me or I, my sense of self is, is off. I'm just like, no, straight up. I, I'm thinking a little bit too much about what I am wearing right now because I feel not pretty. And so that's why it's taking me longer to get dressed, you know? So And then I think like, I'll never forget on my honeymoon, just being there and him sitting there telling me his insecurities. And like, these are things that I've been scared to tell people. And there's to us, sometimes they're like silly, you know what I mean? Like, what? You're insecure about that? And just anyways, all that to say, they have insecurities too. The more you remember that, the more you can be confident and just be like, you know what? We're all messed up and broken. And as we trust God and lean into one another, it's okay. Totally. And just to encourage y'all, find a man that is vulnerable and able to admit that because there's so much power and that's going to create a really good marriage. Rumor has it. Someone that is vulnerable and can admit to flaws and admit to defeat. I'll attest to that. Yeah. Mm. All right. Next question. All right. Okay, Laura, how much of your story should you share in a dating relationship? Oh, yeah. Everyone asks this. I know. It's a hot topic. They all ask, like, when do I share what? Yeah. And I think a lot of times people in general are looking for a formula. We yeah. want black and white so we don't have to trust God. Ooh. And there is no black and white answer. Hmm. So here's what you do need to know. You need to know that dating is another opportunity to trust God. I love that. Dating is another opportunity to trust God. Yeah. Singleness is another opportunity to trust God. Keep and you going. know why? Because it's freaking vulnerable. Yeah. like, And it's scary. You're asking all the what ifs. What if I say too much too soon? Yeah. What if I scare him off? What if he learns X about me? What if, what if, what if? Mm. And here's the thing. God's got it. He just does. Like, yes, use wisdom. Open up the book of Proverbs. There are a lot of things that actually apply to dating. Yeah. Use wisdom. That's a wisdom book in the Bible. That's good. And also just don't overthink everything. Yeah. Pray, yeah. talk to your community, and at the end of the day, just know if you're like, man, I think I shared that a little bit too early, or I should have shared this with you, and I haven't already. There's grace. It's okay. And God is sovereign. God's got it. Yeah. It's not going to be the one thing that breaks off your relationship. Here are some practical things that I would tell you, though. I think, like for me, the level of commitment really defined how much I was going to share. That's good. So 
for me, family is intimate. So with Colby, even though I trusted Colby a ton, and these are things that I would share with a friend, like openly, there was something intimate about talking about my family with him. Yeah. And so for my own protection, I was like, hey, thank you for sharing with me about your family. I'm actually not quite ready to share with you about my family because it's really intimate. And you know what that did for him? It created more respect because he was like, okay, this girl's not just trying to give me her heart and tell me everything and give me everything. It really wasn't a game. It was a, I've learned the hard way not to give you everything all at once. Yeah. I'm out of breath because pregnancy does that. So <laughs> I'll take over. I'm just going to be honest. I'm just going to be honest right there. Laura's a used love. Oh my gosh. But I think to um, tag on on that is we all know the couples that on their first date, they swap testimonies. And I've known couples who are like, oh my gosh, did I just mess it up? Because we did that and they're married right now and happy. Exactly. God is sovereign over what you decide to tell someone and he's sovereign over what you don't. And so I think... I love what you said. We look for this black and white on the third date. You will say this scripture. And on the fourth date, you might consider premarital counseling. Like, I don't freaking know, but I do know that God is not a God of timeline. He is a sovereign God that is in control of everything. And so I've always said this to girls I mentor. If you're in a conversation with someone that you're dating and you kind of feel this God tap, that's like, hey, don't share this yet. Listen to it. Because if you don't listen to it, You're going to get into your car. You're going to get dropped off that night and you're going to go, dang it, I shouldn't have shared. But I would just say, before you go on your date, go, Lord, give me wisdom on what to share and what not to share. And just give me that little God tap when it's maybe not time. Because y'all, if he is the one that God has for you to better the kingdom with, he will know you. It's not a race. And God knows the day you're going to get married. He will provide opportunities for those conversations to have. I would finish it with saying, don't manipulate. Don't manipulate this conversation you think you need to have. Let it happen. Golly, I will never forget. I dated a guy for a while, and I remember we need to have the purity talk now. And I kept thinking, like, today's the day we need to set up boundaries. We hadn't even kissed yet. And I just remember (laughs) sitting back and being like, I'm freaking tired of manipulating this. I'm tired of pushing my agenda of what is right and what is wrong. God, I pray that He brings it up. And He did two weeks later. I love what you just modeled in that. God, I pray that he would bring it up. Give them an opportunity to lead, especially if you're a strong female like us, like straight up. We're like, no, let's get the show on the road. Like you're not doing something. I'm going to take charge. That's called Eve and that's called the fall. Yeah. You know, that's literally what we we try to do. We try to take control. Mm. Now that doesn't mean you can't bring anything up. If, if he's not leading you well or something like that, you can bring that up. Like if something's, if you're like, Hey, don't want to jump the gun. Didn't know if you had this plan, but I'd love, you know, because of past relationships and, and my story, I'd love to talk about purity. Yeah. It's okay, but just don't be jumping the gun all the time. Yeah. And I feel like you don't need to know everything right off the bat. And asking yourself, why do I need to know his deepest, darkest sin on our third date? Yeah. Truly, you don't. And I think that's trying to control and manipulate a situation that you are simply a sister and brother in Christ. Don't force it. That's really good. Two scriptures that I would just add to this, Nico, to wrap it up are Job 42 two. Mm-hmm. no purpose of the Lord's can be thwarted, which Love means that. like changed. Yep. So whatever you do, right or wrong, God's got it. Like take a deep breath. You don't have that much power to mm. screw things up. If you you're don't. like me, you're thinking I'm going to mess everything up, my future, this relationship, all of that. You don't have that much power. Trust God. Take it one step at a time. Okay. Yeah. The second scripture is Philippians 2, 3, and 4, which says to do nothing out of selfish ambition, 
but to consider others more important than yourselves. Love that. And the reason I'm bringing that one up is because there are some things that it is loving to share with someone before they make a decision to like fully commit to you. For instance, if you have an STD, guess what? I have multiple Christian friends who are married now to people with STDs and they got to walk through that and the fear of like, are they going to reject me when I tell them this, all of that. But, but every one of them that I know, and I literally have three that popped to my head immediately, they handled it really well. Yeah. And I know it from the guy's side and the girl's side. And they just said, Hey, before we get any further in this relationship, there's something I need you to know. And this was before engagement. So not like first date material, but like before engagement, I have this STD. Here's when I got it. It brings me deep pain to like share with you and to know that that might affect you. But I do want you to have all the information and know that you have the choice to walk away. Yeah. And so that takes a lot of trust. And anyways, so there's that. And uh, sexual abuse. I Mm. think there, there's a time to say, Hey, I need you to know this could have, I don't know, but this could affect something. This is what happened to me. Here's where I was. Here's my tendency to blame myself or all of that. And I wanted you to have that information and, and just know that about me. And and you can be honest, like this, this is a little bit hard for me to share. Yeah. I think just a tie a bow on that. It's before you talk about anything in your past, your story, sexual trauma, abuse, emotional abuse, make sure you trust them. I think that's a big one. Just make sure that you trust the person that you're with. You don't need to tell them right off the bat. And just trust that God is sovereign and listen to that God tap. If you don't feel like it's the right time, don't manipulate it. Don't pressure cook it. Don't make it happen just because you think it needs to happen. Trust God in his timing. Oh, that's really good. This is the last thing on that. I just remembered something that you said. When it comes to sexual past, like sexual history in general, of like things that you've done with other guys, you can ask the person, again, this is Philippians 2, 3, and 4, being considerate of of other people. Ask them how much they want to know. And so some guys are going to respond to that differently. They're going to want to know details. And some guys, you know, you're trusting their maturity to say, hey, I actually don't want to know details or I want to know high level. So when you're when you're leaning towards marriage, I would say I would say that's that's worthy of like waiting until you have a ring on your finger. That's just, that's me, not a God. Yeah. All right. Another question for you, Nico. This girl asked, my last boyfriend didn't respect the physical boundaries we set. How do I move forward from this? Oof. Man, that's a hard one. Yeah. I think that's just a painful one because it makes you believe. I think a lie that's easy to believe when that happens is that no man will ever respect you. I think a lie that can be created is that you're not worth being respected. And neither of those are true. I think similar to what we said earlier is the fact that you're dating a different person. And those wounds are going to be there. Those fears are going to be there. And it's going to be a little traumatic of, man, is this the same thing that's going to happen before? But I think it goes back to how long did you take to heal? Because if you did healing right, you're going to know the Holy Spirit more intimately. And you're going to know the red flag when that starts to happen again. You also potentially are not going to date a guy like that again. And I think you really need to assess who are you dating? Because the men that push your boundaries are not going to respect you in marriage. It's true. And you hear that all the time, but it's true. And I think in order to move forward from this, I think step one is forgive. You need to forgive the person you're dating for pushing those boundaries. You need to release them from that pain and knowing, hey, in the same way they might have pushed physical boundaries, 
you did something in that relationship too. And that is a result of the fall. That's the result of sin. And it's painful. And I said this in our last podcast, but sin is what causes broken relationships. And sin is the reason that physical boundaries were pushed. And so I think forgive, you will not forget. So don't hear me say forgive and forget everything and move forward. It's no, you're going to remember that in your next relationship, but make sure the next person you're dating is someone that's in community, someone that's held accountable by godly men around them. Make sure you're in community by women that will never let that happen again. I recently had a conversation with even some of my best friends of like past relationships. Like we did push those physical boundaries. I'm scared in this next one. It's even to the point where I'm like, I'm too scared to even hold their hand because of physical boundaries that were pressed in the past. And they said, Hey, Nicoletta, the girl that you are now is different than the girl that was in her last few relationships. You can trust the spirit in you and we can attest that we can trust the man you're dating because we've met him. We know his community and we know his character. So be guided by the spirit. Trust the man that you are dating and forgive the man of the past. Well said. (laughs) That was amazing. Just so casually, you're just like (laughs) laid back in your chair, just like dropping bombs. I'm like, wow, it was really good. I don't really have anything to add to that, except for one thing that you modeled really well to your community was confessing at the thought level, confessing before something happened. And and we should expect the guys to be doing this too, as they're walking with Jesus in the context of biblical community. Yeah, You confess early, you confess often, and you confess at the thought level. What that means is before something happens, I'm tempted to X. And then you're going to be a lot less likely to go over to his house and do X. Yeah, that's good. Man, okay, so let's finish the strong lore and tell me, can I avoid future heartbreak? And if so, how? Oof. <laughs> the question we all want. Uh, okay, yes and no. Ooh, talk to me. Yes, in stop dating the same guys you've been dating. Ooh. Like straight up, a lot of you, you said this earlier, Nico, a lot of us don't know how much we're worth. And so we keep dating guys who are going to invalidate how much we actually are worth. So stop dating the guys who treat you like scum, who don't text you back, who you're not even sure if they're like only dating you. Stop dating the guys who push physical boundaries. Yeah. Stop dating the guys who are flaky. Like just stop. It's, it's better to be single than married and miserable. Amen. And so that's one way. It's like you can be wise about who you date and to not be foolish with your heart. That's really what it means to guard your heart. You're guarding your heart yeah. from sin and foolishness in Proverbs 4, 23. And I say no because heartbreak is inevitable. Yeah, We live in a really broken world. Things suck here. And guess what? They're going to get better one day when Jesus comes back and he wipes away every tear. I remember having a crush on a guy and talking to one of my mentors and like a father figure to me, Kyle Thompson. And, you know, I'm literally straight up telling him this 50 year old man, like, I have a crush on this guy. What do I do? Like, should I just run away from him? And he was like, it's okay. Like you were designed that way. Mm. He's godly. He's a man worth having a crush on. You spend time around him. You serve together. It's good. And then he looked at me and said, and you might get hurt. And there was something so liberating about that because I feel like everything that we do is like protect your heart, guard your heart, don't have crushes, don't whatever. But the reality is you can't live like that. You might get hurt, but God's got you. 
Yeah, man. That's so true. And I think you can also ask that in the contents of outside of relationships. On this side of heaven, are you going to experience heartbreak? Yes. You will experience heartbreak in friendships, in jobs. Every single part of this life is going to include some sort of heartbreak. And I told this actually to one of my good friends who just went on a first few dates with a guy. And I go, dating's a gamble. Someone is going to end up hurt potentially if it doesn't end in marriage. But kicker, you're still going to end up hurt in marriage because you've got two broken sinners. Yeah. So to expect heartbreak to be inevitable on this side of heaven is naive. But I think also, and this is how I think it's really powerful to give this imagery. The guy that I am recently been going on dates with, he said something so powerful on the night that he asked me to be his girlfriend. He goes, hey, I'm making a commitment to you now that if you and I don't end up in marriage, I promise I will leave you better than I found you. And that does not mean that heartbreak might happen or might not happen, but it did mean that he was going to respect me and treat me to the best of his ability. And it just gave me that piece of going, this might not work. In in any relationship, when something doesn't work, it's going to hurt. But he is promising to not push physical boundaries. He is promising to respect me and care for me in the same way that Christ cares about his daughter. And that gave me hope and the willingness honestly to gamble it's good way to go way to go bro come on baby gotta give him some knuckles when i see him (laughs) (laughs) way to communicate well chest bump (laughs) um but really nico like and for everyone listening like we've got to stop living our lives like we can just avoid pain yeah and expect yeah and expecting things to be up and to the right because here's how we deal with pain as a culture we medicate we numb we numb Mm. we we go to alcohol and it's not just young single people it's moms yeah. It's dads. We we go to alcohol. We go to sex. Sex. We go to attention. Yeah. Like straight up. Instagram. Like, exactly. And so we medicate. We self harm. We yeah. we push things. We do anything but deal with things. And something beautiful happens when we are like, hey, guess what? I'm a human. I'm gonna get hurt. To be able to love people, to live, is to open myself up to heartbreak. Yeah. And in that heartbreak, I trust that God's going to meet me there. Yeah. Psalm 34, he's near to the brokenhearted. So it's not about can you avoid heartbreak? It's where do you go when you are heartbroken? Because you yeah. will be. That's so good. And just that reminder, ladies, be led by peace. God will lead you in the direction he desires you to go if you are abiding in him. And so, yeah, if you just think that he's the hottest thing you've ever did see and you're going to keep moving forward because he's a smoke, Heartbreak could be on the other end of that compared to this like (laughs) overwhelming peace that only comes from the Lord. And I will tell you, like, that is why I'm dating the guy that I'm dating now is because unlike any relationship I ever had, I had zero peace, but I kept pushing forward my agenda. And you know what happened? I've had four heartbreaks in my life, but I get to trust me and Lord, this one, it could end in heartbreak, but I do know that I'm being led by the spirit and not by Nicoletta anymore. Therefore, Mm -hmm. I'm going to trust the outcome a little bit more than being led by Nicoletta. Wow, that is so good. We're so thankful for your time, thankful that that you would choose to hang out with us. So we're going to put some more question boxes up soon after we're done with this series. But in the meantime, we've got a couple more episodes that we're excited to drop in this series, and that's going to end us out for uh, 2021. Y'all message us, DM us at Laura Eldridge or Nicoletta Bradley or at Call Her Holy just to chat, give us some feedback or tell us what you want to hear next. And we are, love you guys and we are for you. Thanks for listening. Don't wanna-